All right, welcome one and all to the Womance Public Access Read-Along featuring Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. I'm your odd chapter reader, Morgan. And I'm your even chapter reader, Isabeau. Um, And this time around, we have approached chapter 21. If chapters were years, this would now be of legal drinking age in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. It's important to keep that perspective, I think. It can buy itself a lemon drop. <laughs> Isabeau, can you recall for us what happened in the last chapter you read, which was chapter 20? Absolutely. So chapter 20 is sort of a retread of the awful proposal. Uh, Mr. Collins discloses to Mrs. Bennett that Lizzie's refused, but he's not worried because obviously gorgeous ladies of well repute always refuse. Mrs. Bennett, however, knows her daughter and is deeply concerned and lists the help of Mr. Bennett to get Lizzie to say yes to Mr. Collins. Of course, Mr. Bennett trolls Mrs. Bennett and tells Lizzie that uh, she doesn't have to marry Mr. Collins, which is, you know, clutch move. And then we spend the rest of the chapter with Mrs. Bennett just uh, being mad at Lizzie, trying to figure out what the fuck happened and uh, why her daughter wants to starve. All right. (laughs) Thus, Thus we find ourselves at the precipice of chapter 21. The discussion of Mr. Collins's offer was now nearly at an end, and Elizabeth had only to suffer from the uncomfortable feelings necessarily attending it, and occasionally from some peevish illusion of her mother. As for the gentleman himself, his feelings were chiefly expressed not by embarrassment or dejection or by trying to avoid her, but by stiffness of manner and resentful silence. He scarcely ever spoke to her and the assiduous attentions which he had been so sensible of himself were transferred for the rest of the day to Miss Lucas, whose civility in listening to him was a seasonable relief to them all, and especially to her friend. The morning produced no abatement of Mrs. Bennet's ill humor or ill health. Mr. Collins was also in the same state of angry pride. Elizabeth had hoped that his resentment might shorten his visit, but his plan did not appear in the least affected by it. He was always to have gone on Saturday, and to Saturday he still meant to stay. After breakfast, the girls walked to Meryton to inquire if Mr. Wickham were returned, and to lament over his absence from the Netherfield Ball. He joined them on their entering the town and attended them to their aunts, where his regret and vexation and the concern of, of everybody was well talked over. To Elizabeth, however... He voluntarily acknowledged that the necessity of his absence had been self-imposed. I found, said he, as the time drew near, that I had better not meet Mr. Darcy, that to be in the same room, the same party with him for so many hours together, might be more than I could bear, and that scenes might arise unpleasant to more than myself. She highly approved of his forbearance and they had leisure for a full discussion of it, and for all the commendation which they civilly bestowed on each other as Wickham and another officer walked back with them to Longbourn, and during the walk he particularly attended to her. His accompanying them was a double advantage. She felt all the compliment it offered to herself, and it was most acceptable as an occasion of introducing him to her father and mother. Soon after their return, a letter was delivered to Miss Bennet. It came from Netherfield and was opened immediately. 
The envelope contained a sheet of elegant, little, hot-pressed paper, well covered with a lady's fair, flowing hand, and Elizabeth saw her sister's countenance change as she read it, and saw her dwelling intently on some particular passages. Jane recollected herself soon, and putting the letter let her away, tried to join with her usual cheerfulness in the general conversation. But Elizabeth felt an anxiety on the subject which drew off her attention even from Wickham, and no sooner had he and his companion taken leave than a glance from Jane invited her to follow her upstairs. When they had gained their own room, Jane, taking out the letter, said, "'This is from Caroline Bingley. What it contains has surprised me a good deal. The whole party has left Netherfield by this time, and are on their way to town without any intention of coming back again. You shall hear what she says.' She then read the first sentence aloud, which comprised the information of having just resolved to follow their brother to town directly, and of their meaning to dine that day in Gross, Grosvenor Street. Grosner? Grosner. 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 Mm-hmm. It's, it's where the hot ton rusticate when they're in town. I'm frustrated by the fact that it's spelled S-V and then pronounced V-S. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, I, I guess, I guess there's still time to write the mayor of London. You should absolutely write that guy because it's no longer crazy hair fuck pants. Oh, I forgot about <laughs> Boris Johnson. Thank you. Who is it? Who is it now? <laughs> I have no idea. I'm just like, I just know it's not Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson was mayor and then he was prime minister. I feel like that's the only place you can go after being mayor of London. <sighs> I, right? Like that's like, that's the only... Up. I think you would just retire. I think that's probably right. That's what he should have done. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, anyways, Grosvenor, spelled, pronounced Grovesner Street, where Mr. Hurst had a house. The next was in these words. I do not pretend to regret anything I shall leave in Hertfordshire, except your success society, my dearest friend. But we will hope at some future period to enjoy many returns to the delightful intercourse we have known. And in the meanwhile, may lessen the pain of separation by a very frequent and most unreserved correspondence. I depend on you for that. To these high-flown expressions, Elizabeth listened with all the insensibility of distrust. And though the suddenness of their removal surprised her, she saw nothing in it really to lament. It was not to be supposed that their absence from Netherfield would prevent Mr. Bingley's being there. And as to the loss of their society, she was persuaded that Jane must soon cease to regard it in the enjoyment of his. It is unlucky, said she after a short pause, that you should not be able to see your friends before they leave the country. But may we not hope that the period of future happiness to which Miss Bingley looks forward may arrive earlier than she is aware and that the delightful intercourse you have known as friends will be renewed with yet greater satisfaction as sisters. Mr. Bingley will not be detained in London by them. Caroline decidedly says that none of the party will return into Hertfordshire this winter. I will read it to you. When my brother left us yesterday, he imagined that the business which took him to London might be concluded in three or four days, but as we are certain it cannot be so, and at the same time convinced that when Charles gets to town he will be in no hurry to leave it again, we have determined on following him thither. 
that he may not be obliged to spend his vacant hours in a comfortless hotel. Many of my acquaintance are already there for the winter. I wish I could hear that you, my dearest friend, had any intention of making one in the crowd, but of that I despair. I sincerely hope your Christmas in Hertfordshire may abound in the gaieties which that season generally brings, and that your bow, spelled with an X so it's plural, will be so numerous as to prevent your feeling the loss of the three of whom we shall deprive you. It is evident by this, added Jane, that he comes back no more this winter. It is only evident that Miss Bingley does not mean he should. Why will you think so? It must be his own doing. He is his own master. But you do not know all. I will read you the passage which particularly hurts me. I will have no reserve from you. Mr. Darcy is impatient to see his sister, and to confess the truth, we are scarcely less eager to meet her again. I really do not think Georgiana Darcy has her equal for beauty, elegance, and accomplishments, and the affection she inspires in Louisa and myself is heightened into something still more interesting from the hope we dare to entertain of her being hereafter our sister. I do not know whether I ever before mentioned to you my feelings on this subject, but I will not leave the country without confiding them, and I trust you will not esteem them unreasonable. My brother admires her greatly already. He will have frequent opportunity now of seeing her on the most intimate footing. Her relations all wish the connection as much as his own, and a sister's partiality is not misleading me, I think, when I call Charles most capable of engaging any woman's heart. With all these circumstances to favor an attachment and nothing to prevent it, am I wrong, my dearest Jane, in indulging the hope of an event which will secure the happiness of so many? What think you of this sentence, my dear Lizzie, said Jane as she finished it? Is it not clear enough? Does it not expressly declare that Caroline neither expects nor wishes me to be her sister, that she is perfectly convinced of her brother's indifference, and that if she suspects the nature of my feelings for him, she means most kindly to put me on my guard? Can there be any other opinion on the subject? Yes, there can, for mine is totally different. Will you hear it? most willingly. You shall have it in a few words. Miss Bingley can go fuck herself. <laughs> she, <laughs> I came straight from watching a Netflix reality show that's romance-based to this, and it's the same thing, the exact same thing. <laughs> no, seriously, though. You shall have it in few words. Miss Bingley sees that her brother is in love with you and wants him to marry Miss Darcy. She follows him to town in the hope of keeping him there and tries to persuade you that she does not care about you. Amazing. That he does not care about you. Jane shook her head. Indeed, Jane, you ought to believe me. No one who has ever seen you together can doubt his affection. Miss Bingley, I am sure, cannot. She is not such a simpleton. Could she have seen half as much love in Mr. Darcy for herself, she would have ordered her wedding clothes. But the case is this. We are not rich enough or grand enough for them, and she is the more anxious to get Miss Darcy for her brother from the notion that when there has been one intermarriage, she may have less trouble in achieving a second, in which there is certainly some ingenuity, and I dare say it would succeed if Miss de Berg were out of the way. 
But, my dearest Jane, you cannot seriously imagine that because Miss Bingley tells you her brother greatly admires Miss Darcy, he is in the smallest degree less sensible of your merit than when he took leave of you on Tuesday, or that it will be in her power to persuade him that instead of being in love with you, he is very much in love with her friend. If we thought alike of Miss Bingley, replied Jane, your representation of all this might make me quite easy. But I know the foundation is unjust. Caroline is incapable of willfully deceiving anyone. And all that I can hope in this case is that she is deceived herself. That is right. You could not have started a more happy idea since you will not take comfort in mine. Believe her to be deceived by all means. You have now done your duty by her and must fret no longer. But my dear sister, can I be happy, even supposing the best, and accepting a man whose sisters and friends are all wishing him to marry elsewhere? You must decide for yourself, said Elizabeth. And if upon mature deliberation you find that the misery of disobliging his two sisters is more than equivalent to the happiness of being his wife, I advise you by all means to refuse him. How can you talk so? said Jane, faintly smiling. You must know that, though I should be exceedingly grieved at their disappropriate disapprobation disapprobation i could not hesitate i did not think you would and that being the case i cannot consider your situation with much compassion but if he returns no more this winter my choice will never be required a thousand things may arise in six months the idea of his returning no more elizabeth treated with the utmost contempt it appeared to her merely the suggestion of Caroline's interested wishes, and she could not for a moment suppose that those wishes, however openly or artfully spoken, could influence a young man so totally independent of everyone. She represented to her sister as forcibly as possible what she felt on the subject, and had soon the pleasure of seeing its happy effect. Jane's temper was not desponding, and she was gradually led to hope though the difference of affection sometimes overcame the hope that Bingley would return to Netherfield and answer every wish of her heart. They agreed that Mrs. Bennet should only hear of the departure of the family without being alarmed on the score of the gentleman's conduct, but even this partial communication gave her a great deal of concern, and she bewailed it as exceedingly unlucky that the ladies should happen to go away just as they were getting so intimate together. After lamenting it, however, at some length, she had the consolation of thinking that Mr. Bingley would be soon down again and soon dining at Longbourn, and the conclusion of all was the comfortable declaration that, though he had been invited only to a family dinner, she would take care to have two full courses. Because Mrs. Bennet comes correct. She does. How can Lizzie be so right about Caroline and so wrong about Wickham? Because, and that line is so good, um, and you read it so beautifully. <laughs> she highly approved of his forbearance, and they had the leisure for a full discussion of it, his forbearance, and for all the commendation which they civilly bestowed on each other. They're just like, he's like, look at this cool thing I did. And she's like, look at this cool thing that you did. It was so good of you. And, and he's like, it was good of me, wasn't it? And she's like, yes. Right? And so, like, that's how she's wrong about Wickham, because it's like, he gave her something yeah. that aligned with her values to chew on, and then they got to chew on it together all the way home, and then, like, 
Caroline has never done anything <laughs> that has aligned with Elizabeth's values. In fact, just the opposite. And then she came for her sister. <laughs> and I also love that Jane is just like, oh, you're wrong. And she's like, and she's like, if anything is happening, it's that this is or Miss Bingley's deceiving herself. And Lizzie's like, yeah, go with that. That's really that's a solution that we can both live with. <laughs> Sometimes I get the feeling that Jane is like secretly thirsty like she's pressing the issue because she wants to be even further reassured i think for such a people pleaser it must be very hard to find self-assurance yeah anything else about this chapter no you read it really well i I liked it very much (laughs) thank you you listened really well (laughs) oh man i can't i can't wait to try out my listening skills on the next chapter it'll be so good With that, loosen your prejudices. But never your prides. Woli guacamole, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of Womance. Womance is hosted, produced, and edited by my friend Morgan. And by my friend Isabel. Our logo artwork is by another friend, Mary Reichman. You can find her on Instagram at m.reichman, spelled R-E-I-S-C-H-M-A-N-N. Original music by Nick Gravelin. And our webmistress is Jane Bonzak. They're the best. You're also the best. We so appreciate your support by listening. Please consider taking this to the next level by following, rating, and reviewing. We read every single review. Or even check us out on Patreon. If you'd like more woe in your life, you can connect with us on Instagram at womance and on Twitter where we are at mans underscore woe. Or you can find more episodes and content at womancepodcast.com. If you have an idea or just want to reach out, please email womancemail at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Womance is a part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts to add to your romance collection at frolic.media backslash podcasts. Until next time.